Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online, internet, around the world church service. And yes, I'm so happy that you're here today on Passover Resurrection Sunday morning. God bless you today from wherever in the world that you're watching at. I invite you into today's program. Praise the Lord. And what a beautiful day it is as today we celebrate the great resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ who is alive forevermore and he is living by his Holy Spirit within our hearts. Praise God. Now let us honor the Lord today with our special Passover offering. We have been looking recently over the last few weeks at a very special verse in the book of Leviticus chapter 23 verse 22, which says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Praise God. I want to say thank you for everyone who has been sowing into the pure gold Passover offering. And we have a couple of different levels that you can aim for. The Holy Spirit spoke to me and told me that the golden seed is $7,000 and that the people of the Lord could make a pledge offering towards that, that over the next nine months, those who can could make nine monthly uh, contributions. And if you divide 7,000 by nine, nine months remaining, which would include this month, that comes out to $777 and 77 cents. Now there will be some who would, who would, you know, just logically say, pastor Stephen, I can't reach that level. What can I do? How about $777 and 77 cent pledge that comes out to $77 and 77 cents a month. And this Passover offering and these pledges that will be coming in over the, the, the next nine months, this goes to the global outreach of the pure gold television program. And remember when we're casting the global net, we're reaching many, many poor people whose hearts are wide open to the gospel and half of the world's population is not only poor, but is actually classified in poverty level. But we are taking the good news to them, the full gospel of redemption from sin, as well as learning to walk in the principles of God that produce the lifting towards success in life that, that these principles also work in any country, in any part of the world for whoever will apply God's word to their life. So thank you for standing with me. And today let's bring these special Passover offerings in as well. I want to remind you to always be faithful with your tithe because the Passover offering is a special offering above the tithe. The tithe allows the ministry to keep moving forward with the administration that takes place on a daily basis, such as being able to turn on the lights, being able to, uh, you know, pay for the things that we have to do with the heating or air conditioning salaries and so forth. Uh, all of these things are covered by the tithes that come into the ministry. So let's honor the Lord with our tithe by bringing that to him and to the storehouse. And also for those of you that 
the Lord has really touched your heart to sow into the Passover offering, the resurrection Sunday morning offering. Let's bring those Let's bring those pledges and commitments in right now. Praise the Lord. And let me say this. I'm praying for every single one of you. I know those of you that have sowed into the field of dream project earlier this year. I know those of you that are pledging and already sowing into the pure gold Passover offering. Thank you from the depth of my heart and on behalf of me and my wife and our ministry team. Thank you for standing with us in the vision and the assignment that God has given to us. And you are a part of this and you are a part of the harvest and the grace that is on my life. And the grace that is on this ministry touches you as well. Praise God. Amen. Now for those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and your special Passover offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks international PO box 717. Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. Now, if you prefer to bring in your tithes and your special offering online, you can do so from anywhere in the world. Please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage. For the tithe, click on the red link that says Give. It has a red heart on it. You click on that, you'll see the segment that you can click to submit your tithe. Tithe is 10% of all of your increase. Praise God. And then you have the area that says projects. It has an orange bar and you can click on that and you'll see the special project for the pure gold Passover offering that allows us to pay airtime bills and allows us to plan and coordinate uh, for the remaining year concerning the budget and so forth for pure gold. So thank you for sowing into that. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. My friends, I want you to be very mindful that because you are considerate of the poor and uh, the stranger, the immigrant, the person that's having to move from country to country or, or, you know, maybe region to region, you have to understand what the gospel does to these people when they hear the gospel. And we get testimonies through email of those who are saved and born again from watching the pure gold television program. It's reaching so many people. And I want you to know that because you are making your corners of your field larger, God's going to do his part. Watch. He is going to enlarge your field. He's going to enlarge you personally, your personal net worth. And it is my prayer that the Lord turn each one of you into a Boaz, a person of great financial strength, there's Boaz men, there's Boaz women, and some of you, you could already, in a sense, be in those categories, but watch what God's going to do. He's going to allow you to increase in that anointing. You're going to even be able to put another zero behind your upcoming checks because of the increase that God is bringing into your life, and he's going to bless you really, really good. God is a good God. And he has great things planned for your increase. Again, thank you for standing with us. And together, we not only reap the harvest, we share in the wonderful uh, honor and privilege of being able to be involved in such a direct way in the Lord's kingdom. It really is an honor. Hallelujah. You know, you can't just go out and do television. I mean, I mean, I mean you can. But that doesn't mean you're called to do it. And that doesn't mean, uh, you know, God wants you to do it. But if God has called you, you have to realize 
uh, the television ministry, in a sense, it is a it is a smaller realm that speaks to a global audience. But it takes the calling of the Lord to stand in that place, and we are here by divine calling. And I thank you for identifying with that call. And I see God's increase coming richly into your life, into your field of calling as well. Heavenly Father, bless your people. You told me by your Holy Spirit in my prayer time early in the morning, sitting there in the dark, that the $7,000 seed is the golden seed. Father, I heard your Holy Spirit say those words, $7,000 is the golden seed, is the golden offering. So I thank you, Father, for your people that have pledged that amount over the next nine months. I pray that you bless them mightily. And those, Father God, that are reaching for other levels, such as the 77, 77 a month, I thank you they're going to see a divine lifting as well. I thank you, Father, you're moving your people forward. But it's, it's different levels. And Father, those, that, those that, have, that, are, that are doing all they can to enlarge their corners, the corners are not for them. The corners are for others out of a heart of love. I thank you, Father God. They're going to see that this covenant is very supernatural. I give you praise. Thank you, Father. Bless your people with mighty golden increase in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Woo! Big seed equals big harvest. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. Small seed equals small harvest. I had a... I did a conference one time, I was speaking, concluded my message, and a lady in the, in the audience got real excited. And uh, I, w- I wasn't talking about finances or anything like that. I was actually talking about, you know, heavenly type things. And, uh, she, but she got all excited, and she came up in front of all the people and stood in front of me and said, this message has so blessed me. She said, God, I want you to so bless this message and Pastor Stephen's uh, ministry. Let it go around the world. And she took, she took a dime and a penny, and she laid it at my feet and said, Lord, let this be turned into $11 million. <laughs> uh, and I, I didn't say anything. I just smiled. How many of you know it doesn't work like that? I wish I could give 11 cents, a dime and a penny. I'd be giving dimes and pennies everywhere. But a dime and a penny, which is 11 cents, cannot produce. No, uh, it, you cannot get, you can't, you're not going to be able to extract $11 million out of that. Big seed equals big harvest. Praise God. Small seed, small harvest. Large corners, large field. Praise God. Father, I thank you. You are blessing your people. You, I, I sense the challenge. People are, uh, I, look, I know you've got needs. I know you have dreams and plans. I, I know that you have things that you can also do with your money. God's challenging you. God's challenging many right now. It's an hour of decision. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You have to move when the Holy Spirit is moving. Praise God. Father, bless your people, those that have sown and those that are sowing right now. I thank you for literal miracle harvest in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Genesis today. Genesis chapter 2, and I want to talk about seven amazing qualities of the blood of Jesus and how it directly all seven of them directly impact your life. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word to study it, 
We pray that it be food, that it be spiritual food. And Father, we thank you for the heavenly manna, which sustains us. We thank you for the Logos, the bread, which brings us vast knowledge of your word. We thank you for strong meat, which solidifies us in the walk of faith and in the fruit of the spirit. But father today, let there also be the release of the honey because the honey represents the unveiling. The honey of your word represents the unveiling of particular destiny and particular calling for each individual. So I pray that they would know through scriptures taught today, they would know with the, in a refined way, the sweetness of their calling and what is theirs. Now we thank you in Jesus name around the world. We all say, amen. Oh, what a beautiful Passover it is. Genesis chapter two. Let's look at verse eight. The Lord God planted a garden eastward and in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The garden of Eden was the original garden of fulfillment. When Adam was in the garden of Eden, he was everything that God had fully created him to be. And the garden of Eden was also a place of tremendous security and provision. There in the garden, Adam was in charge. Everything was beautiful. Everything was peaceful. Everything was full of joy until sin came in. And then Adam suddenly had lost everything. Unrighteousness, the action of sin caused Adam's expulsion from the garden. Therefore, righteousness, obedience to God and his word is the only pathway back to the garden of Eden. Now today on resurrection Sunday, we're celebrating the power of the blood of Jesus to deal with any issue concerning sin in the life of of a believer. Every sin that is not dealt with does have the power to deal with the sinner. I want to say that again. If you don't deal with the sin, the sin's going to deal with you. But I know that you are a person that is quick to respond to the things of God. Balaam, however, refused to stop his acts of covetousness. So what happened is that Covetousness eventually stopped him, and he died by having a sword rammed through him. An awful way to go. Gehazi ran after Naaman and exploited Naaman through deception for money. Therefore, leprosy exploited the body of Gehazi and the prophetic potential calling that he was supposed to step into. Mm -mm. Samson refused to stop his sexual immorality, and thus he never fulfilled God's high calling and beautiful plan for his life. Yes, he did pull it together there at the end, but that pulling it together was based upon a decision that he had made after he had suffered some very difficult 
situations. Praise God. Now, Jesus is identified in Scripture as the second Adam. I love that phrase that the Apostle Paul used about Jesus, identifying Jesus as the second Adam. Jesus lived, in a sense, in Eden, a garden of communion, a communion between man and God. He revealed to the world what it was all supposed to be about, this rich communion between himself and his Father. He lived in Eden continuously because he lived without sin. Mm -mm. Oh, yes, he was tempted in every area, but he never sinned. We see this expressed in the Bible in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4, and in verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Praise God for Jesus who never blew it. <laughs> not one thought, not one action of sin ever committed in his, in his entire life. Now, it's time for you and I to get back to Eden where God has destined for us to live. Oh, no, not the literal garden of going back over to, you know, that part of the world. And, you know, there's a lot of debate of where the original garden was at. Some people say it was in the area of uh, Babylon, modern-day Iraq. Others say it very well could have been in modern-day Jerusalem. And I tend to lean more towards that teaching. But needless to say, we have to get back to that spiritual place of Eden where we have this rich fellowship with God and we achieve God's very best for our lives. So it's time, it's time at Passover to move from addiction to a place of freedom. It's time to move out of any type of walk or practice of lust and move into love. It's time to move out of a place of scarce, scarcity and fear of lack to a place of surplus. It's time to move out of a place of fear into a place of solid faith in God. It's time to certainly say goodbye forever to failure and move over into a place of continual success. Now, let me say today that God does have a prophetic plan to bring you back into the Garden of Eden. Oh, Pastor Stephen, today you need to get a you need to give a Passover message. I am. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> Woo! God's got a plan to bring you back into the Garden of Eden, and we see it in Isaiah chapter 51. Let's turn over there. I like this verse a whole lot. We're going to drop down to Isaiah 51 and verse 3. For the Lord will comfort Zion. Stop just for a moment. When you see the word Zion, the name Zion, the city of God, the people of God, when you see Zion, put your name there. In other words, for the Lord will comfort Zion. Okay, now because you are in Christ, you are in Zion, I want you to insert your name in there and make this personal. For the Lord will comfort Ruth. The Lord will comfort John. The Lord will comfort uh, uh, Susie, the Lord will comfort, put your name in there and personalize this for the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her or his waste places. 
He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. So these things need to be found in you. Oh, praise God. So the Lord wants to bring you back to that place of Eden. He will make her wilderness like Eden. That's what God wants to do with your life. Now, how? How is God going to restore you back to your own personal Eden? We see a great example of this in the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9. Let's turn over there now. Zechariah chapter 9 and in verse 11. As for you also, because of the blood of your covenant, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Wow. The blood covenant is God's way of dealing with man's deliverance from any pit, from any form of oppression or possession or bondage or enslavement. God works off of the basis of a blood covenant. Woo! Praise God. In the book of Exodus, we see that the Passover blood literally speaks Passover. Hmm. In Hebrew, the word Passover is the word Pesach, and it means to skip or jump over. So it literally does mean to pass over. Wow. Praise God. When you are saved, you enter into blood covenant. The blood of Jesus holds the key to freedom from every yoke of bondage and the corruption that is in the world. The blood of Jesus is able to purge your sin, and it's even able to purge your conscience. Praise God. All of this because of the blood of your covenant. I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. So they, today we're celebrating Passover, the passing over. Mm -mm. Praise God. And this is all because of the blood. There is going to be destruction today against any form of bondage, against any form of uh, addiction, any form of unholy alliance, any form of witchcraft or uh, control, psychic control in the spirit realm. Today will be a day of freedom because of the blood covenant that you have with the Lord Jesus Christ enacted within your life. Shout Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14, and I will show you a verse. Now, all of God's Word is supernatural. I'll show you a verse that so many of you have personal experience of knowing the reality of this. We are in Hebrews chapter 9. Let's go to verse 14. Verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Now, many believers acknowledge that the blood of Christ removes sin. It's like the supernatural bleach that just washes sin away where you're clean in the sight of God. But you have to understand the depth of the working of the blood of Jesus. It's efficacy and power to just not only remove the sin, but to even purge your conscience. 
because we all have memory, right? And you, you can remember past events of something that uh, you did wrong, or the devil can bring back uh, memories and say, remember this and remember that. But although he can say various things, the blood of Jesus is so powerful that it is that, that you know, not only are those sins forgiven, but your conscience has been purged. And the apostle Paul wrote this by the inspiration of the Holy spirit when previously he had murdered and killed Christians. And so he knew the power of the blood to purge the conscience. Hmm. You may think, well, Pastor Stephen, I'm saved. God has forgiven me, but I have blood on my hands. No, no. The blood of Jesus cleanses any sin and purges your conscience. In other words, there's no guilt associated. Let me give you an example. In the natural, you can commit a crime and you can be uh, taken to court and convicted. And then you go to prison and you can actually serve your time in prison and as they say, pay your time and then be released. But you know, you can still, although you've in a sense have paid your debt for the crime, you still in your conscience think, well, I still did it though. And I'm still troubled about what I did. And there are some that are watching me right now. You have a troubled conscience. I'm here today to proclaim that the blood of Jesus is able to purge your conscience of that image or that memory that troubles you in the deep of the night. And the enemy says, look what you did. Look what you did. But the blood speaks and the blood says you're innocent because Jesus paid your penalty. And the blood speaks and says, Jesus purges your conscience through his blood. You're clean. You're clean. You're clean. Woo! And it disarms the devil. He's no longer in control. He is no longer in charge. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And only God can do that. Only God can do that because you can be a natural person that doesn't know God and you commit a crime, go to prison, later be released. But if it was something awful, your conscience can still trouble you. But God, God's forgiveness is supernatural. There's complete forgiveness and there is the purging of the conscience. Now, this is something fascinating that a lot of believers don't know that when Jesus was going into this experience of the crucifixion and the events leading up to it, he actually had his blood flow from his body seven different times and it flowed just for you. Seven, by the way, which is a number that's been coming up lately. Seven in the Bible represents, it represents finished, complete, and perfection. So your redemption from sin is finished, it is complete, and it is perfect in Jesus through his perfect sacrifice of laying down his sinless life. Praise God. Let me mention the seven times that Jesus shed blood for you. Number one, we see from the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 50, verse six, that they pulled out the Lord's beard. They yanked out his beard completely. And just like if you were to have a big uh, uh, hand, grab all of your hair and yank and pull it out, there is going to be a lot of bleeding. So they completely tore off his beard and there was a tremendous flow of blood. Number two, 
Jesus sweated blood. We see this in Luke 22, uh, verse 44, where these uh, capillaries burst on the inside. And while he's perspir uh, 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 perspiring with such intensity, also blood began to ooze out of his pores. So he sweated blood for you. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 29, we see the third time that blood flowed from the Lord when they put a crown of thorns on his head. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that probably didn't do much. They, they just pushed it down and later they took it off. Uh, no, just go ahead and get a two inch pin and stick that in your head and pull it out. And don't tell me that blood's not going to come out. It will absolutely come out. So those thorns on that, on those briars were two inches long and they were pushed down into his head. Do you feel depression? Do you feel mental anguish? Jesus paid for it for you through these experiences of shedding his blood, all leading up to his crucifixion and his death there at Calvary. Number four, Jesus was scourged for us. Each lash of the whip of the cat of nine tails, drawing precious blood from his body. As we see in the gospel of Matthew chapter 27, verse 26, number five, Jesus shed blood when they pierced his hands. Even the psalmist prophetically saw that in Psalm 22, verse 16. And number six, the same psalmist in the same chapter and verse in the same Psalm also saw the piercing of the Lord's feet. This is again, tremendous flow of blood. And number seven, the big one, John chapter 19, verse 34, the soldier pierced the side of Jesus and whoop, all the blood came out. Mm -mm. Oh, my friends, we're looking at the perfect redemption through the Lord's blood. Now let's go to a very illuminating scripture found in Colossians chapter one, verse 13. Paul, the apostle said that he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So the father, the heavenly father has delivered us from the power of darkness. Don't ever say that darkness has power over you ever again. No, you've been taken out of that, that corrupt realm. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He, he has moved us over into the realm of the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins is through the blood of Jesus. So there is redemption through his blood. The blood of Christ has unspeakable value. Jesus was slain to receive for humanity what was lost by the first Adam. All power on earth and in heaven was handed over to Jesus after his resurrection and dominion. Thank God has been restored to man. Mm -mm. Don't come to me and tell me why you can't succeed. Don't make excuses to your brothers and sisters of why things aren't going the way they should. The blood speaks and the blood says dominion has been restored to the people of God. Rise up and appropriate the blood of Christ in your life because it's been shed for every believer. Mm -mm. It's also shed for the unbelievers. And if they will receive Christ, that blood will come in and wash their sin away too. praise God. Now let's get to seven amazing 
qualities of the blood of Jesus and what it has made available to you as displayed in the last book of, of the Bible, the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're going to go now to chapter 5, and let's go down to verse 11. Then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying, not with a real small voice, saying with a loud voice. This is a proclamation that the church needs to hear. This is a proclamation that needs to enter your physical and spiritual ears today, and you need to meditate upon what Christ has made available for you through his shed blood. Mm-mm. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. These seven primary qualities that Adam lost, Jesus has restored back to the church. Let's take a look at the first one. Worthy is the Lamb to receive power. Well, Pastor Stephen, the power, though, is that's just for God, that's just for Jesus. That's not for us. Well, well, stop, stop and just think about that just for a moment. Why would it be just for God? Why Jesus has already been the, and always was, even when he was on the earth, the almighty, just because he took human form didn't mean that he lost his deity. He kept his deity. All he did was lay down his power and his ability to operate in that power. And he operated as a man. But he was still 100% man and at the same time 100% God. He never lost his deity. He has always been and still is today the Almighty. This power, this power that is being received, yes, it flows through him, but it's for the church. We're the ones that need the power, not the Almighty. He already is the Almighty. This is what Jesus has made available for us through his great resurrection and ascension. Praise God. What does this mean? What does this mean, this receiving of power? It means the devil can't push you around anymore. Oh, he's got power over the unbelievers. He has power over the wicked. Obviously, that's why they do wickedly. But he doesn't have power over the believer who knows his, her rights and authority in Christ and in this book. He has no power over the believer. Mm -mm. The devil can't boss you around anymore. Say, it is finished. Praise God. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus. Number two. Let's take a look at number two. Worthy is the lamb to receive. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Some of you don't want me to say it. You're still working through uh, the onion peeling process. You've grown up in religion. You have spent uh, years hearing the things of God, but yet hearing them all, oftentimes uh, uh, mixed in with the religious traditions of men. And because of that, it has warped the view of some in the way that they see the Lord's kingdom. But let's just see what the Bible says. Worthy 
is the lamb who was slain to receive riches. Say it. Riches. Mm -mm. Please understand that after the Passover blood was placed on the doorpost and the death of the firstborn had taken place, Pharaoh just couldn't take it anymore. He was finally broken and he let the children of Israel go. But before they went, God gave Israel favor and they spoiled. Oh, they actually plundered the Egyptians. And when Israel left, they left with silver and gold as recorded in Psalm 105 verse 37. Look, I know that some of you, 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 you have a desire for a deeper walk with God and you, you want to have a vision of Jesus. Pastor Stephen, I want to see Jesus. Let me just say this. Let it be in your heart that the next time, or perhaps for some, the first time that you would have a glorious encounter with the resurrected Christ, please understand, please understand, yes, you're speaking to the head of the church. Yes, you are seeing the exalted Son of God. Yes, you are seeing your Redeemer. But please don't ever forget, you're also speaking to the wealthiest person in the universe. <laughs> well, now, Pastor Stephen, I thought that was Elon Musk. No, it's Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Please don't ever forget that. Some of you get a little bit more excited about Warren Buffett than you do about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, he just rode around on a donkey. I don't know if I can really identify with that. He's not riding on a donkey anymore. Mm, mm, mm. He owns everything. He owns the whole planet. He owns all the silver and gold. He said he does in Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. He owns all these other planets in the universe. He owns all the other galaxies with all of their planets and all their stars and all the gold and all the silver and all the other precious minerals that are on them also. He owns all of it. All of it. He is the richest person in the universe. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, I don't know. I don't know if I'd even bring that up before the Lord. Mm. Well, you might, you might want to engage the Lord sometime, not only in a glory conversation, but how about a financial glory conversation? Mm -mm. Look, we know from Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. We might as well turn there. It's too good not to. Let me just jump over there very quickly. It's not in my notes, but I. Uh, this is a scripture. Actually, it is in my notes. There it is. Second Corinthians eight, verse nine. I marked it just in case it says, for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of, a lot of Christians get real excited about grace. So do I, but the grace being referred to in this context directly is financial grace. And to say it's not is to lift this out of context and to warp what the apostle Paul is teaching here. This is financial grace for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich yet for your sakes, he became poor when well, pastor Stephen, when he was on the earth, no, when he was on the cross is when he became poor. Look, you don't gamble over a poor man's outer garment. They're gambling over his garment because it was a wealthy garment. So he became poor when on the cross. That's when he's taking the curse of the law and every yucky thing associated with, with it, such as poverty. He's taking all that upon himself. Yet for your sakes, he became poor that you through his poverty might 
become rich. So on the cross, divine exchange. He became poor, took the curse of, of the law, took the curse of poverty. Why? So you could become rich. So the blessing now of Abraham could even come on the Gentiles for those that are in Christ. But let me tell you today from this pulpit that Jesus Christ is not poor anymore. He is the King of glory, the Lord of Lords. He is the wealthiest person in the universe. Mm -mm. Some of you need to change your concept about who Jesus is. Oh yes, I've seen the Lord in prophetic scenarios and prophetic visions where he, he, he can dial all of that down. He can dial all of that down and look uh, like a very average person can even look sometimes uh, like uh, he can come in disguise is probably a good way to say it. Like, like he did after his resurrection appearing in a sense, like a gardener, okay, a, a poor, uh, a gardener, but you have to also understand those are teaching sessions. He still has his true identity of who he is. He has received riches and those riches he distributes to those who prove themselves faithful and obedient to him. And we're not only talking in this lifetime, we're also talking during the millennial reign and rolling out into the realms of eternity, which are going to be places and uh, times of unspeakable joy. Praise God. Hallelujah. But riches, these riches are for God's people to step into for the furtherance of the preaching of the gospel around the world. Say, Amen. Amen. Don't ever, don't ever forget that. Should you ever have a vision of the Lord Jesus, you're not only talking to the King of glory, not only talking to the great physician, Jehovah Rapha, you're also talking to the wealthiest person in the, in the universe. And he's a man. Yes, he's God, but he's a man. Very, very interesting thing to meditate upon. Let's go back to the book of Revelation. Same chapter, same verse. Worthy is the Lamb to receive wisdom. Wisdom shows you the steps to take. He is the all-wise God. Can't you see that this is, this is something that He has purchased back, that Adam lost, that is for you, so that you can walk in it? It actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, that Jesus became for us wisdom from God. He has become our wisdom. This is for us. This is what he has done for us. He has received it and he just allows it to go to his people as they pull upon the hem of his garment. Wisdom shows you the steps to take so that you might be successful and be delivered from any dilemma in life. After the Passover, for example, and the exodus of God's people out of Egypt. Well, very quickly, they are hemmed in right up against the Red Sea. They can't go forward. They can't go to the sides because of the walls of the, of the mountain cliffs on the sides. And the only way back, there's the, the pursuing Egyptian army. What does wisdom do? Wisdom, the wisdom of God came to Moses and God said, go forward, go forward. And you know what? They went forward and they crossed all Israelites Cross, get this, cross the Red Sea without a bridge. Without a bridge, without a submarine, without a boat, without a ferry. They all crossed by the wisdom of God. And that wisdom is now released to you through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Please avail yourself to it. We cannot be simpletons 
in the earth. We cannot be naive believers just believing and accepting and doing anything that's shoved into our heads. We have to walk in the highest wisdom of all, the wisdom of God as unveiled through His Word by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Can you say, yes? Say right now, say, I received the wisdom of God. Mm -mm. Number five, Jesus received Excuse me, number four, Jesus received strength. The children of Israel again, when they left Israel, excuse me, when they left Egypt, they journeyed through the wilderness, a long journey, and they're on their way to Canaan. But even as they're leaving Egypt and they're making that trek, three million Israelites, we see also in Psalm 105, verse 37, that the scripture says, not one of them was feeble. Not one of them stumbled. What's going on? They had, they had celebrated Passover and now they have the ability to walk long distances. There is something about celebrating the blood of Jesus that keeps you in health and keeps strength in your body. Jesus received strength right now. Receive strength into your body. You are no longer a weakling physically or spiritually. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I see strength being infused into your moral courage. I see strength being infused even into your physical body. Rise up right now on Passover Resurrection Sunday and be healed in the name of the Lord. This is what he has purchased for you. Praise God. Number five, Jesus received honor. When the children of Israel journey through the wilderness, please notice they're not begging and looking for a handout. God fed them with manna from heaven when they were hungry. And when they were thirsty out in the middle of nowhere, God gave them water from a rock to drink. So we have no grocery stores, no, no uh, corner uh, stores on the, on, on the corner to buy snacks, None of that. But yet God is feeding 3 million people a day, food and water, doing that every single day, every single day. Honor. Honor. Mm -mm. I see any form of degradation being dried up immediately in your life today because of the honor of God resting upon your life. I see honor being bestowed upon you. You're not a beggar. You're a contributor. May the Lord be praised forever. Praise God. Number six, Jesus received glory. The blood price has been paid for your full redemption. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Therefore, this entitles you to live a glorious life, not a frustrated life, but rather a glorious life. The times of people pitying you and feeling sorry for you, and loaning you $3 so you can get something to eat. That stuff's over forever. Praise God. Whatever is not glorious in your life, today I dare you to challenge it with the blood of Jesus, and say, this thing cannot be anymore. I know too much about the blood and its power to sit here and live a life like this. I am destined to, to live a glorious life. So challenge anything that's not glorious in your life. Challenge it with the blood of Jesus and say, you must bow in the name of Jesus through the shed blood of Christ and watch 
what God will do. Praise the Lord. The blood of Jesus is your receipt of your redemption. Make sure you show the devil your receipt. And we're going to take communion here in just a little bit. And whenever we're taking communion, you're showing the devil your receipt of your full redemption. Praise God. Mm -mm. And number seven, the Lord received blessings. What a beautiful thing. Balaam, who was highly anointed as a prophet, but drifted over into areas of manipulation and even uh, darkness and so forth. He basically ended up as a false prophet, but even Balaam found out as we see in the book of numbers, chapter 23, verse 20, even he found out that you can't curse what God has blessed. You cannot curse what God has blessed. And now the blessings of Abraham have come upon the Gentiles through Christ and his shed blood. Jesus has received blessings. He is the blessing dispenser upon his people. Praise God. And by the way, the blessings of God are sorrow free. We see that in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, that God makes rich. God makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. There are so many blessings that the Lord is able to pour out. That is because he has received blessings and he releases blessings to his people. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus today. Now, his blood was shed for you seven times and through his death and resurrection and now his great ascension, there has been established the seven benefits of the shedding of his blood, power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessings. All of this has been, been bestowed upon him and we are in him. He is the head. We are the body. These beautiful attributes now flow into our lives as well so that we may represent the Lord in the earth as his ambassadors. I want to pray for you right now that you know every one of these seven beautiful proofs of the blood of Jesus and powers of the blood of Jesus. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray for everyone watching that every precious attribute of the blood of Christ, I pray that it would speak in the life of your people from this week and forward for the rest of their lives, power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessings. And I pray father that your people through the word very quickly discern anything that does not belong in that group. And they'll say, hold on just a moment. Jesus purchased this for me and I will not receive or anything into my life. That's not through the blood. So father, we thank you. We thank you that we have been bought with the blood of Christ. Father, bless your people today. Thank you. Father, let the sevenfold blessing come upon them. Oh God today in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. The sevenfold blessing of the blood of Jesus resting upon your life. Woo. Praise God. Praise God. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Jesus personally, 
in your life. You've heard about him, but you don't know him as your own savior. You can get your life right with God right now. Pray this prayer after me. He'll come into your heart. Pray this prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today completely. Step into my life and take over. Jesus, wash me with your precious blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Write my name in your, in your book of life and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. All over heaven, angels are rejoicing right now because you have just been born again. Welcome to the family of God. Praise God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's prepare to take Holy Communion today. I want to ask you, grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Remember, this is Passover, so everything was unleavened because leaven was a symbol of sin. So we use unleavened bread. That's why. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. And as we offer up this prayer to you, we set this apart now as being holy. We thank you, O God. We ask that you would bless it. We thank you. This is the body and the blood of Christ, our Savior. Oh, we thank you, Father, that as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for strength, strength, strength. There is going to be a supernatural release of strength in your body as you receive the Lord's flesh today. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for your healing virtue flowing in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us receive the Lord's body and receive your healing. Hallelujah. Now, when I look at this cup, with my physical eye, I see grape juice. It's a kingdom mystery. You and I are receiving the blood of Christ, which would appear to be in the form, a drinkable form of grape juice. But in a spiritual form, you are receiving the blood of the Lord Jesus. What you hold in your hand right now is your permit for residency in the Garden of Eden. This is what allows you to live in the Garden of Eden and enjoy a glorious life. Anytime you want to move to a new country, and you have moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, but anytime, even in the earth, that you want to move to a new country, the government requires a, a permit of residency in order for you to live there. You have to fill out the paperwork, go through all the steps. It very rarely happens quickly. Some countries do have an expedited process. Nobody can expedite it faster, though, than God can through the blood of Jesus into his kingdom. But in the nations of the world, you, if you want to move to a different country, join that country, you're going to have to get your permit of residency. Again, you have moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. This is your permit of residency that speaks and says you have a right to live the Eden lifestyle. Now, Father, we thank you that as we receive the blood of Jesus, that these are all things that Christ has made available for us, and we receive them. We thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise. We thank you for forgiveness of sin. And if we have committed any sin, we ask that you wash it all away.
And right now, let your blood purge even any conscience. We thank you that the, the blood purges away guilt. We thank you for the purging of the conscience. In Jesus' name, amen. Say, I'm clean through the blood of Christ. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You're walking in the sevenfold blessing of the blood of Jesus. Lift your hands. Father, I pray you bless your people today on Passover Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And of course, Father, this is Passover week. Father, let your blessing rest upon your people, the sevenfold blessing of the blood of Christ. We thank you, Father, Lord, that all seven of these attributes speak in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for watching today, and thank you again for your precious golden Passover seed. Thank you for supporting us through the Pure Gold television program of helping us to send it and expand it. We are praying for you. I'll see you back next time.